0: we've all heard the stories of employees coming in super early at a startup as an office manager and through that growing into leading the hr team and very often those stories end with that person then getting layered and having somebody brought in with more operating experience but not always in today's episode i'm really excited to be sitting down with Brittany forsyth the chief talent officer at shopify Uh, She was that early stage employee, employee number 22, actually, who is now the chief talent officer running all of the talent and people function for a 4,000 plus person public company. So really excited to get into that journey with Britt after a brief word from our sponsor. Redefining HR, one podcast at a time. Support for the Redefining HR podcast comes from Pin. PIN is building the world's first employee-centric communications tool, enabling your employees to automatically receive helpful messages at key moments throughout their journey, from onboarding to promotions and everywhere in between. PIN helps companies battle communication overload and puts your employees in control over when and how they receive information. Go to PINHQ.com for more information. That's P-Y-N-H-Q.com. And reinvent employee communications for the distributed workplace. And now, on to the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Redefining HR podcast. I'm your host, Lars Schmidt, and today I am so excited to be joined by the chief talent officer of Shopify, Brittany Forsyth. Brittany and I are going to talk about a range of uh, topics spanning her career within Shopify and some really interesting elements in that, as well as their announced shift to become digital by default and exactly what that means at a high level, but then what does it mean when you're actually operationalizing that From a people and HR perspective. So, Britt, thanks so much for coming on the show. Um, Why don't you start with just an introduction and background on you for listeners?
1: Yeah, thanks, first of all, for having me. It's great to be here. Um, And for those that don't know me, probably many, uh, Brittany Forsyth, I am Chief Talent at Shopify, like you mentioned. Um, Grew up in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Uh, Went to university here as well, and then joined Shopify. Just over ten years ago, and have been doing the talent, HR, culture game since then. So, love anything to do with humans. Kind of nerd out in that space, and I'm excited to to dig into some of that today with you.
0: Yeah, well, loving things to do with humans is an excellent uh, <laughs> is an excellent criteria for somebody in your seat. And you know, I want to start at the beginning for you because your background to me is is fascinating. So, you you started. At Shopify, at the very early stages of the company, as an office manager. And uh, that, you know, that in and of itself is not rare. I think there's lots of examples of that in startups, but there are not very many examples of somebody that started in that capacity and grew and stayed with the company and obviously is now running all of talent. So let's just start there. Like, how are you able to kind of grow and evolve and develop with Shopify over the last 10 years? into your role running all of talent?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely been an adventure. Um, I think it's a few ingredients that have have been in the mix here. Part of it is just like timing and luck. Um, When I joined in 2010, we were 20 employees. And um, I had just graduated from HR at Carleton University. And when I got in, I kind of had a plan of action around how I wanted to focus on some HR things. And I had built up a few projects to show the leadership and Toby, the CEO, some of my value in that area. And then two minutes later, we went and got our series A fundraising. And so part of it is just luck and timing. And then the the other massive piece of it is um, hard work, a lot of just dedication and time and growing. Uh, And the final piece is really surrounding yourself with amazing mentors and teachers, um, because you can't do it alone. And so for me over the past 10 years, I have been um, really lucky, but also very intentional to network and actively find coaches that met me kind of where I was to grow and develop. Um, and then I also have an amazing boss, Toby, who has always given me the opportunity to try something based on my potential. Um and so that's built into our culture, too, which is let's give opportunities to grow and develop and see. If it's going to pan out, kind of have a trip ride around that if it doesn't work out, but actually give opportunities to learn and grow. And um, all those things together, time and time again, kind of just etching with the company growth itself, um, I was able to, you know, rise up and meet the requirements of the role. Um, I'm also just like obsessed with learning. So it fits perfectly with my DNA, if you will, um, that there's always a new challenge and there's always a new opportunity to grow both my skills, my exposure to a problem set, and just my impact at Shopify.
0: Yeah. And let's, let's dig into that a little bit more because I mean, you came into Shopify, as you mentioned, uh, you know, employee number 22, uh, you've, you know, scaled and grown with them to a 4,000 plus, uh, person public company, uh, all the while kind of experiencing all of those, Uh, people kind of uh, milestones from a a process standpoint, from a growth standpoint for the first time, right? You know, you had this Mm -hmm. kind of unique position where you couldn't call upon, hey, I've done this at X, Y and Z companies and here's how I'm going to do it here. You did it all for the first time. So I imagine in some ways that was, there's an incredible level of freedom associated with that because you, you know, you didn't come into it with any preconceived ideas of how it should work um, but also probably a little bit of terror thinking, you know, how, how am I actually going to do this? So like what you mentioned, kind of mentors, you mentioned some resources, like how did you prepare yourself at some of those key kind of stages of growth and scale along the way to, to help Shopify navigate things that you had not yet yourself experienced?
1: Yeah, I mean, you're completely spot on with the with the terror and fear, but also then with like the drive and curiosity that kind of balances it out to get you forward. I think for me, actually, I remember when I joined and I, um, in the first year, first year and a half, all I wanted was the title HR manager in my head. I had a very like fixed mindset at the time of like, if I get that title, I will have made it. (laughs) And that will be like it for my career. And like, it's so funny to think back, but I can guarantee you at the time that was like my goal. And and the thing that I have grown in and shot by the most is the realization that you can't chase titles. You gotta chase learning opportunities and growth opportunities. And you gotta surround yourself with people that are gonna both teach you and be students with you. Um, and so my first, I, I reported to Toby, and then we got a CFO and I moved under him for a while. And I learned so much from him that I would have never got from Toby based on them being different people, having very different skills and backgrounds. And so I early on realized, like, it's all about sucking out the most you can from the relationships you have and and trying things. And you're going to fail a lot, but it's going to get you to a next stage. um, And then you're going to go from there. So my journey has been such a like snakes and ladder approach, if you will. And so, I mean, in some ways it's easy to see, oh, you're office manager and now you're head of talent. But along that way, certain things moved off my teams, certain things moved on my teams that are not even in the talent umbrella, such as IT, all the technical um, infrastructure at one point rolled up into me. And it was because we always had an approach of like, where are we going to grow? Where are we going to learn? And where can we complement each other on the executive team or leadership team? And so, I think that was a really important ingredient to just, I guess, managing like what is the right amount of fear and skills, capabilities to tackle something. And at times that meant saying, like, raising my hand or actually having people I care about and I trust say to me, hey, this isn't the time. You don't have what we need in this space. So we're going to put it over here. And then in like two years' time, maybe taking it back. And so, for me, that was really important, and it's always a good reminder of like just keeping your ego in check, to be honest. And saying like, what are you really grounded in? What do you want? And for me, that's growth, that's learning, that's having an impact, and that's working on projects that I'm very passionate about. Um, and I think that's also gotten me to where I am today. Um, if you would have asked me seven years ago, or do you aim to be the the CHRO, the Chief Talent Officer, I, I I probably would have said no just because I didn't think it was even possible. Um, but it's because I wasn't really chasing a title. I was chasing the opportunity of impact and learning.
0: yeah, so how like how much do you think your personal journey and narrative and you know experience around, like you say, things like growth mindset, how does that get infused into how Shopify hires and and looks for talent?
1: Yeah, it's been there since day 1. Like that that is um prior to me joining. So that was probably Toby as employee 1 and then the first few I think I, like like I mentioned earlier, I actually had a fixed mindset in many ways coming into the company and I think through my experiences um and through certain learnings I really have transitioned to a growth mindset in many areas. Um and that is all grounded in you know, realizing that nothing is finite, nothing is just what it is. There's always opportunities for more if you're willing to put the work in and you're willing to take advantage of the opportunities in front of you. There is always more to learn and to develop. And we start with looking actively for people to come into the company that have strong potential for learning because when we hire someone, we want to ensure that. Not just that they can check the boxes that they can do the role, but rather that if the role changes or the world changes, which I mean, hence 2020, that they're going to be able to relearn and adjust and adapt and have an impact in a new way. And so we really build that adaptability growth mindset from like recruitment on to how we recognize and how we promote people to how as an organization we think about taking risks and taking advantage of opportunities.
0: Got it. You know, and that's a good transition, I guess, to all things uh, 2020. And uh, earlier this year, soon into the pandemic, actually, Shopify announced that you would be shifting to a digital by default model. So take us behind the scenes. What does that actually look like? How did that, how'd you arrive at that decision? How did that actually come together?
1: Yeah, I mean, so I was in on a trip um, in early March, the first week of March, I was traveling um, on a, you know winter getaway from the cold Ottawa winters to Barbados. And I remember getting on that flight and still a lot of normalcy and coming home and they were taking temperatures. And I was like, this whole COVID thing is real. It's happening. And getting back and just catching up with the news, really getting into it and realizing that the pandemic was there. And so I think it was like March 15th, we sent an email, I sent an email to the company saying, based on all these things, like we're human centric, the health of our people is number one right now, go home. And if you've been traveling, like stay home. Um And we're going to work remotely, we'll figure this out. But everyone go home. And by the time early spring came when Toby both tweeted, but internally, we decided to go digital by default, a lot of things had kind of um, ironed itself out in behind the scenes. And that really was the, like the grounding decisions of digital by default was possible um, based on how we were reframing. And for those not internally to Shopify, I should say that Shopify until this point was a environment that we built and very intentionally designed and crafted to be around co-location. So we really built around the proximity principle, the belief that creative work needed to happen in person, um, that ad hoc bump ins were critical to innovation and social dynamics. And so we were really, really committed to this different direction prior to the pandemic. But once again, once the pandemic hit, we had to pause and go back to first principles. And at first it was, oh, look at all these things we're losing out on now. And then we started to think about, but what is the new opportunities that are possible with this? So, you know, we started to really reframe opportunities rather than challenges and through that i think the biggest thing for us was that we're a largely canadian company we have offices around the world but biggest uh, demographic is within canada and because of that in our co-location strategy we always had problems relocating people to canada for roles It, it was always a challenge and so the talent opportunity to build a global talent team that represents our global merchant base was probably the biggest um, opportunity in front of us. And then we had to ask ourselves, so how do we really intentionally design this environment to ensure that we're going to be productive, that we're going to have engaged people, that we can continue to learn and grow? And that's when then it got a little exciting because we thought, well, isn't this the biggest experiment that we can take of all time? When you look through other companies and you learn from ones that have done it, and there are a few that are doing it very well, um, they're a lot smaller than us. Uh, and I just think that it's a different ball game. We have tons to learn from them, but there's also many other things that are for us to solve. And so I got really excited by the idea of learning and growing through this and the experiment and realizing that we have the right infrastructure in so many ways to be able to do this. Um, and the biggest thing that ultimately won out was the notion of anti-fragility, that really the pandemic was breaking people all around us. We saw it with our merchants who were on brick and mortar um, and needed to go online. And the ones that were thriving were the ones that were solving and were coming back stronger after the break. And those are the ones that no matter what happened in the future, we're gonna survive. And I think about that for Shopify and our environment as well. If we figured out how to be digital by default, and by no means do we have all the answers right now, but if we can figure this out, we will be stronger than our competitors. We will be able to survive another pandemic or another challenge that comes our way. Um, And that is ultimately the most exciting piece of this. And so lots of building, lots of unknowns, um, and lots of, to be honest, little failures along the way, because that's what happens when you're innovating and trying to do something that hasn't been done before. But the North Star of the of the possibility of digital by default, a global talent base that people can really balance living their best life and working in the best company, hopefully, um, got us excited enough to say, we got to try this and we we are confident in in these things. And then ultimately it came down to, okay, we need to tell our people ASAP so that they have the right information because we started to see people making life-changing decisions around the pandemic. And we wanted to arm them with enough information that we had um, to help make them more, to help make them have more informed decisions. But that was also a challenge because when you go out to thousands of people and say, hey, we're going to do this thing and we don't have all the answers. I mean, change management is hard. So (laughs) that's been a fun journey as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, let's dig into that a little bit more. You know, I think so often we see the Headlines around remote first or digital by default or distributed. And it doesn't really provide a lot of context underneath that in terms of what actually has to be done to your people operations and kind of processes and infrastructure and all the different downstream implications of that decision. So, walk me through that. How do you actually arrive at what digital by default would mean for Shopify?
1: Yeah, I mean, The good news was, is that the decision was really driven by the executive team. So I felt armed to have the right information. And I think you're right. 2020 has been the most human centric people driven year that I think in a long time. And so for us, when we made the decision and how we went about it, we really came, we really held that human centric, you know perspective in the sense that digital by default was a new product build in a way internally for the company that we were going to do. It required a new environment. It requires new behaviors and skills. It requires new infrastructure and tooling. And we are building it with the employee as the end user. And so how we went about setting that up and how we then communicated that was with you know, humans in mind um, and just like a high care high build for them. And so um, we were doing weekly town halls. Uh, We always have town hall every Friday, but during the pandemic and early days, we did like exec take takeovers each week. So we were giving them more information each week. We were doing a lot of AMAs so that people could ask questions and we could really fill in the gaps on that. And we were really also just open about what we didn't know and what we were waiting to get more information about. So we're really clear on You know, the decisions we did make and why that was and the ones that we were still waiting to make and why we needed more information because they were longer builds. Um, But I mean, definitely challenging. And everyone went through a different mourning process of losing the old. And so we also had to give space for that. Like, I really felt like I was grounded in this was the right decision for Shopify. But even personally for me, I was I was, you know, challenged with like, do I want to work at home all the time? I miss my friends and coworkers. Is this gonna be really shitty and just not a great experience? And so there was the macro Shopify, we knew it was grounded right. But then there was like the space for individual just reactions mourning of the change, but also personal things that were happening to everyone because of a pandemic. And so one of the things we did debate early was like, how much like, really, it was a reaction to the pandemic, but then it was a bold decision going forward. And how much did we kind of wait to tell people because a lot of other companies um, were either waiting to make a decision based on more information, or else, um, we're just saying, we don't know, we're going to wait on the pandemic. And for us, because we made a decision early, I kind of felt like, we were saying like Santa Claus isn't real. Like we we took away the light at the end of the tunnel of like we're gonna go back to something, but and so that was that was really hard once again to mourn the old and kind of the the emotional load of that. But it also allowed people to start to recover faster, to start to reorient and change their mindset around it, um, and start to look from oh this sucks to oh what's possible. Um, and so I feel like we took a bolder approach but we also saw the benefits of that because people really got around it faster than some other you know peers of mine in the industry who have waited but are kind of at similar stages and now people are going through the phase of like wait we're not going back there is no normal um so yeah i mean that was our approach i actually just had a conversation with someone on my team who said i remember when you told the company that we were going digital by default and my thought was I'm going to wait out the pandemic and then I'm going to quit because I need to work in an office with people. That's what I've done my whole career and that's like what I want to do. And she actually just sent me a, a photo of her new home on the water. And she said, I took about a couple months. Now we've bought a new home on the water and I realize I'm the happiest I've ever been. And so that change from like, I'm going to quit to, we probably have someone who is engaged for another three years, if not longer to both our mission, but also the way of life and working to me, that shows the the full transition of ad- adjusting to the change of digital by default.
0: Yeah. I mean, I like the way you frame that around morning period. I think that that is uh, certainly fitting, you know, I mean, every yeah. employee is going through this in their own way based on their own circumstances. And so I think having that, Clarity early on, when so much of what was happening all around our employees was volatile and uncertain and upsetting, right? Uh, having the ability to at least have clarity around what the work construct will be like for the you know near and longer term future, I think gave them a shred of you know stability in an environment where for many of them, uh, they didn't have a lot of that. So I could definitely see why that clarity helped, but also I could see how, you know, some people who know that they do their best work in an office, at least now they can know. And they know that, uh, for them to find that they're going to have to find that elsewhere and they have time to do so. Totally
1: agree. And I mean, for us, it was so important to really fully commit, um, I kind of thought about it like a diet and maybe this is just so personal to me. But every time I try and go on a diet or get in a health kick, if I kind of like half ass it, nothing really happens. But if I really commit, then I start to build the behaviors and the long, more sustainable changes in my life. And I I look at that as the behavioral changing in general. And for us, because we were so extreme to co location and certain aspects of it, like we really looked, let's commit and let's be very blunt about it. Let's give space for the morning and the emotional reactions to something changing so drastically amidst the pandemic which like you said feels like you're getting so much taken away as is um, let's give space for that we very publicly talked about it and shared our own experiences around it as an exec team but then we said we need you to recommit and it's okay if you don't and it's okay in a year when things change if you don't but like be self aware and try it but we're going to go hard into this and i think the full commitment is actually also you know, expedited some of the builds we have because we don't have this notion that there is a way back. We're not waiting to get back into an office and then like have some people in meeting rooms. Everyone knows that all meetings or productive work happens behind a screen now. And that's just a new reality. Um, And so we've really seen cool builds come out of that. We did a hack days about three months after we said digital by default. And during that hack days, we had some amazing projects come about, some really creative projects, but it was just so cool to see people really understand um, and experiment with what could be in the digital world. And and you really start to understand that your company becomes like a mini intranet. And so the possibilities are endless, but the cool part is everyone's figuring it out, not just At Shopify, but at every company, no matter the industry, because of the world right now. So it really is, you know, just a massive change um, that we're seeing. And that's exciting to me. That's just so cool.
0: You know, one of the things that I know chief people officers and CHROs are grappling with right now as they begin moving to some of these, you know, remote first or digital by default structures is compensation, you know, particularly as they have employees in markets who are relocating to other areas that may have lower cost of living, or they're now hiring in other areas where they hadn't before that may have lower cost of living. And there's a range of ways through which uh, companies and HR leaders are thinking about this. And so I'm curious to get your perspective. Like, As you're shifting to digital by default, how are you thinking about compensation?
1: Yeah, I mean this is definitely one of those gnarly bits that like takes a lot of time to think through and explore. Um and it's so dependent even on where you were pre-pandemic uh to where you want to go. For example, I know some of uh companies in San Francisco have a lot of employees moving out of there to cheaper regions. And so they're like decreasing their salaries whereas for us, we're in Canada, so if people want to move to the States more so um, when they're not a already US uh, employee that could actually increase our compensation. And so we have to be very mindful of just like money in money out as a business while also building uh, an environment that allows for flexibility and true um, adoption of digital by default, meaning people should be able to like travel around, um, relocate to be closer to things that matter to them, whether that's family, friends, or, you know, the the outdoors, if you will. And so we don't have strong answers, yes, but I do know that we're going to take a staged approach. Um, we're not going to just flip a switch and say, okay, now we're going from let's, say, for example, um, like city-based comp ranges with cost of living to a global framework that would just blow up our budget completely. And so what we're trying to understand is how many people are relocating? What does that actually look like? How do we play in also our new talent acquisition strategy around bringing in a lot more talent around the world? um, And then how do we think about that in the next five years? And so still very early days on that, but I do know it it has to change and it's starting to already change, but not overnight.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. There's a, a range of ways that companies are building for this and I I get all the perspectives. Yeah. I get why you'd keep compensation the same and I certainly get why you would maybe adjust that yeah. based on market. And so, yeah, there's really no clear way it's yet to figure out the best way for you
1: and it also matters depending on the roles like i don't even think you could take a one-size-fits-all for your whole company um depending on the industry you're in and then within that like we have we're a product company uh meaning we have a large group of r d talent and when you look at compensation on its most basic form it's supply and demand and you really need to understand that i guess what i'm really interested to see over the next coming years is whether or not that supply and demand evens out no matter where you live based on so many more companies going digital. Um, so I could see a reality of you know engineers just getting paid regardless of you where, where you are a certain range because you can get hired around the world for that job versus other roles that are very location-based still or regional-based that don't have that same flexibility. So it'd be more volatile compared to the cost of living. I just... I don't know what's going to happen there. And so that's one where I think the staged approach for us anyways is a little bit of keeping an eye on the industry as a whole and understanding how um, the supply and demand overarching affects how we do it internally.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. You know, we've never experienced anything quite like this in the industry. Yeah. You know, this massive shift to remote and kind of upending so many of our well established processes at scale and you know we will probably never go back to how things were in february you know there will always be a larger than then population of our employees that uh, are going to stay remote and so uh, as a as a people leader you know how do you think about or do you think about i should say kind of restructuring your team uh your resources your people your structure kind of based on this new uh digital by default structure
1: yeah totally i mean i find just like very early days the biggest burden in so many ways has fallen on the hr teams um i think so there's like a few different levels one is just like mind sh- mind set and how we go in with hr we used to have a very high empathy HR team. And I'm really realizing, especially during the pandemic, how much we need to go in with compassion over empathy so that we can actually transition to action rather than kind of sit in the empathy of what is. Um, So I think there's like some cultural behavioral new box items that we need to jump into. And then structure wise, I think it really, I mean, so much of that is contingent upon how you structure your company. Um, But for us, uh, we're definitely shifting to have more of a global lens on that. Um, and just have more flexibility in where people are working more um, asynchronous around that. And then there's new teams emerging. So um, I lead the talent and culture team. And our culture team over the, you know, since uh, we built it out has really been around um Ritual, symbols, and language. So a lot of storytelling, a lot of events through different rituals, whether that's town hall or one-offs, and then a lot of design and symbols that we build into it. But it was really built for an in-person experience. And so now um, there's a massive shift that we're doing towards like a radical digitalization of the culture of Shopify. And so what new skills and what new experiences do we need to bring in? And right now I'm talking to a lot of people that have been in like the esports, sports um, or people that have been on the internet and more in the internet than me and just what that means for an environment. What are the new infrastructure teams you need to build up? Um, data to me has just become so much more uh, indispensable I think as you become a large company distributed around the world, it's easier to hide. We have a high trust environment, but we also need to build more tripwires and kind of safeguards, just have information to inform actions or decisions. And so I think, you know, many things are shifting. Um And I think they're all going to make us stronger regardless of the future. If we're still going to be 100% digital or if we ever change back, it will make us stronger regardless. But I think we have to build this muscle of the, the radical digitalization of all aspects, really.
0: Yeah, I mean, that culture piece is something that I think all chief people officers are grappling with right now. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. You you especially if you came from a co-located environment and now everybody's distributed. You don't have the same rituals that you had then, and you have to rethink that.
1: And let's just say it, it's harder. Like, (laughs) like I realize that co-location is easier, and that's why we did it for ten years. But there's new stakes on the table that make that not a possibility. And I also think there's new opportunities that make digital, you know, more attractive. But it's going to be harder. Um, Like the people, we had so many leaders that were really strong at influencing in person. They were super charismatic. Um, They were, you know, super vulnerable and that showed through. And that doesn't necessarily translate as well in written form or in video. And so like you have to build up new muscles and have different skills emerge in this digital world.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, we're all going to have to adapt. I think that these times are so interesting and dynamic and changing so i uh i look forward to you know we should definitely regroup in six months or a year or so to see yeah. where you land on all these things but uh i had a blast chatting with you i really appreciate you making time to uh come on the show and sharing your journey
1: well thanks for having me it's been fun and we'll definitely chat again in a year who knows what will happen
0: thanks for tuning into this episode of redefining hr For more information on the podcast, past episodes, future guests, the Redefining HR book, or free resources, be sure to check out RedefiningHR.com. And if you dig this podcast, why don't you share it with your CEO, your executive team, and your friends to help them discover what Redefining HR is all about. If you really dig this podcast, I'd love for you to leave a review on whatever podcast delivery vehicle your ears prefer. See you next week.